What do we have? Another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And my name's Ara. Do you know what we do before the show sometimes, dear listener? I know you're asking you're not asking me. No, I'm not. I'm asking I'm asking our listeners. Sometimes you call me and you say, Hey, let's go out to eat before the show. You being me, the first you being the listener. Something sure. Second you being me. And so we go out to eat at the esteemed Waffle House, at a, one of several Waffle Houses that allow all you can eat. It's a legendary place. I Some people knock it. I can't fathom why. I'm guessing that the guy who runs all of these, because there's like one common guy who runs all of these particular Waffle Houses, uh, is a gambler. Because he offers what, what I refer to as the sevens deal, the 777, because seven days a week... For seven hours a day, for seven dollars, you get all you can eat at the Waffle House, and uh, and it has done me in tonight. I was just sleeping for like ten minutes before the show started, just because I. That's because you ate, ate a, a waffle, and I ate just a ton of meat and eggs. Man, I could never do that to myself. If I ever become like gluten allergic or diabetic or something, I am going to have a really hard time. I'm sure you'll survive. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm bright and lively now, ready to do the show. We have several things over on your list to talk, to talk about. I've got a couple myself. Um, I was playing Rayman. Did you know that this even existed before I brought it up earlier? Not before you brought it up. So I didn't know this. Well, I knew someone... about the one that was coming out. On yeah, so Rayman Legends, you. we all know, was supposed to come out, and then... Ubisoft was all like, wait, hold your horses. We told you to get this game finished in time for the release date, which was already delayed for the Wii U. Now, even though you've finished it for the Wii U, we're going to push it back to September so it can release simultaneously with the PlayStation and Xbox version. And this you being the people who made that game. Uh, yeah, so Ubisoft speaking to the developers. Yeah. Their internal developers. I love pronouns. Yeah, and... Um, Especially when they're vague. I, I guess I guess I'm doing that a lot right now. So anyway, Ubisoft said to its developers, "We're not going to release it. Hold up." And we talked about the little uproar that this created in the public and with the developers. Uh, and I didn't realize that perhaps, like, as some sort of uh, temporary sati- satiation or s- something to make people feel better, or perhaps some other reason I'm not aware of. Um, they released this thing that is not a demo because they did release a demo for it. Okay. But there's like the Rayman Legends challenges. And so it's Where does this, it, like, does it live? Like, where do you get it? Do you get it's, it? In it's the a same downloadable place game. As the demos? Oh, they you just get it in their own eShoppy thingy. Yeah. And it sits as, you know, like any virtual console game or something, just sort of sits in the and screen of, of games you could run. It's free. Totally free. It's totally not a demo. And correct, correct. Uh, someone on Facebook was like, "Hey, who else has the Wii U?" And I said, "Well, well, I do." Have you I'm, been? I'm have you been like, much. like just waiting for a game to come out that you can buy for the system? There, not only is there nothing available for the system of interest, there is nothing even on the horizon, and that's what's upsetting to me. There's nothing to even be hoping for. And that is frustrating me because Nintendo has all these opportunities to make good things. They showed off all these great ideas, you know, in the, at E3 and stuff, and they're not developing any of them into games. I don't see people doing anything interesting with the Wii U at all. Like, remember how they showed off the possibility of putting the the pad into a gun holster and then, you know, using it as a gun walking around and not doing that? The whole put it on the floor and play golf with it? Nope. Like, they're not oh. doing... That's There's, freaky. I've been, actually never seen any of those. Yeah, the, the very first time they they showed it, they that was in the video, like when they first announced the Wii U, and uh, they're not doing that, so that's frustrating. But we the the Rayman Challenges thing is totally free, and I urge people to play it. And if you are like me and didn't know about it because you just didn't know about it, now you do because I just told you, and it's uh, it's kind of fun. So this is this is sounds like it's a consolation that they're doing to being so late. Yeah, but it's it's not like it just came out. Like it's been around yeah. at least a few weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really know when it came out, but longer than I've had it. And uh, the thing is, like, it's all very leaderboardish. So, like, you want to play the challenge, but you want you need to make sure you're better than your friends. So it's a, it's an actual skill game is what we're talking about here. Well, Rayman 
always is, right? The last one was. Yeah. Well, it's very much like that. Yeah. So, anyway, I urge you to do that. Um, in similar leaderboardish news, I... So, you know how I play a lot of Doritos Crash Course. Indeed. How could I forget? Right? Um, so, I was playing it a few days ago at a friend's place. Like, there was a party, and I was kind of bored, so I turned on the Xbox, downloaded it, and, uh, and started playing with, of course, their avatar, right? Not my own. And I started doing really well in some levels, and I was like, I wonder, is that better than I've done on my own? But you will we, find out shortly. Like, I'm like sure. we weren't even like their system was almost offline. It was weird. Oh, you barely get data on it. So maybe you won't find out. So I, but I went home and I played. And I was like, I, you know, I've been practicing. Whatever, I, I'll play it. Don't you have like the top number one score in that game or something? No, no. Like the first day the DLC came out, I had the number one in one of the levels. When, so, like, nobody so where are you at now? Well, what's your like percentage on the DLC levels? I think my best is like in the three hundreds, maybe. It's all per level, right? Yeah. So in one level you have, you know, I'm 1300th place. In another level I'm 300th. But um, I increased. So, like, there's 15 main levels to the game, and then the two DLCs each have five. Um, well, there's three DLCs. Anyway, 15 main levels, and I want to make sure I'm at the top of the leaderboard for all my friends. And there's someone who's a listener of the show, Kool-Aid Mick is his username. And it's... We had this sort of battle back and forth of who was who would be better than the other, and we would each have a few of the levels. And he had five of the fifteen. It's sort of strewn about throughout, you know, the U.S., Europe, and, and Japan levels or worlds, I should say. And uh, I took four of the five back from him. So the only level he's beating me in is the very last level in the game, which I'm honestly not interested in playing over and over and over and over and over just to beat him by one second. But I took four of the five back, and I'm waiting to see if he will challenge me. See, all this time I thought you were, like, in the single digits. Because yeah. I couldn't fathom that anyone would play Doritos Crash Course more than one. Here's the thing, dude. When it's a free game, there are millions of people on the Yeah, board. that's true. And so to be in the top 10,000... The, the poorest, most experienced game players are going to dominate this list. Yeah. You know, it's like you playing Gran Turismo. You were playing, and you were, I don't know... Like in the hundreds or something? Yeah. Even though it was like the 0.5 percentile. Yeah. I, I'm i probably in – I'm definitely in the 0.1 percent. I haven't done the math because I haven't looked at how many people are on the leaderboard. But there's yeah. well over a million. And in some of the levels, I'm less than 10,000th place. Which, so, by the way – so how long have we had these leaderboards? Like three years, four years maybe? For just this one game? No, no, for like Xbox games. Right? Uh, ten years? Okay, ten years, okay. When I was... So, this is funny, because when I was working at Rainbow... Um, here's, I, I just got to do an aside really quick, okay? This thing, right? You never... like the. Your rank doesn't mean anything in a leaderboard, because you don't know how big the leaderboard is. So every t- when I worked on a game at Rainbow, I immediately recognized this as a really obvious and glaring problem. And I did all my designs to show you that you, you, would, be, you would have your percentile shown. Because that's what really counts, you know. Because a 3,000 doesn't – number 300 doesn't mean anything, right? So would you put like, you know, 3,052 out of total or you just – Either, either that in a really prominent way or the best way to do it is just tell you what percentile you're in. You're in the 90th percentile. You're in the 91st percentile, whatever, right? The rank – like you shouldn't even give the player a rank unless they're in like the top one – top 99th percentile, right? No games are doing this. No games. No games do this. If you know of a game – But your games did it? Tell me. Well, the ones that I designed. I don't even know if that design actually made it in or not. I don't remember. But – the thing is, is that there's just so f- so few games actually show you like all the information you need in an easy way, and it's this is just another pet peeve of mine, right? Like things. A couple weeks ago, somebody I, I, I was explaining to a class, uh, you know, this thing about how like Metroid teaches you a whole bunch of things in the first twenty seconds of the game, and it doesn't do an explicit tutorial to do so. And one of the students, she was like, "Well, why you know why don't games do this now?" And I was trying to explain to her how knowledge of game making is not being passed on. It's like being 
Like it's it's it is found, it is used, and then it is forgotten, and then maybe it's found again, or maybe it's not. And this is one of those things I feel like again, right? It's like when when Microsoft set up their whole standards for leaderboards and so on, and their X, XBLA stuff, like that was their shot. Maybe it wasn't their first shot at designing it, right? Maybe they iterated it a bunch of times before they released it. But that was their shot. And just because of them having just that one shot, it's like all of the suboptimal aspects of those designs have carried on for almost maybe even over a decade now, right? Because they just weren't thinking. It's just like it's just the momentum of that initial design that's carried forward so far. It just shocks me that... What I'm surprised to see is you know. is how much something that's totally intangible has has a huge effect on my playing the game. Like I used to be yeah. very much like. Well, later on in the show, I'll talk. But I, I felt like I was I started a whole new story, and you weren't done with your story. So. Well, I mean, I don't have much other to say than than you know, it's good, and that's great, right? And my my Doritos crash course, I'm doing better, and I challenge Kool Aid Mick or anybody else. If you uh if you want to friend me specifically to challenge me in Doritos Crash Course, you should do that, but include some sort of message about Doritos Crash Course because I have to pick who goes in and who doesn't because people are always friending, 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 right? Um, oh, speaking of friending, okay, there's another thing I got. We got we got a we got a break. Save it save it till after the break. Um, what I was gonna say is that I'm just surprised that I will play a game, and like I'll be willing to play it again just because someone's in front of me has nothing to do with the game. I'm not playing for the game's sake. I'm right. playing for the leaderboard's sake, which is so, you know, secondary to the game, but it has but real it's not, though. it has real effect. It's not secondary. It's the, it is the game, isn't it? I guess. It just took me a while to realize I would that. Say. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Did you know we have a Facebook page? I knew this. All right. Because I check it from time to time. Yeah, I haven't even been on there this week. I've been very busy doing other things like playing Doritos Crash Course. Yeah, well, I haven't uh, even been on the internet this week. So, so uh, Facebook.com slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Our website is ChatterboxGameShow.com. And, of course, another website we mentioned on the show is uh, UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. If you haven't already, you'll hear their commercial later in the show. I don't know where it goes. First, second, third. It's in there. Um, all right. So I stopped you from saying something before the break. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up Friends because I have something to say about Friends, actually even pertaining to this show specifically. From time to time, I will get requests to be a friend on various things. One you, of them might be Facebook. Can't avoid it. One of them might be Xbox Live Arcade or Xbox Live, if we wish to be pedantic today. But here's the thing, right? You you know me, but not everybody knows me. And you know how I'm so eager to engage or confront. Two great words. Yes. So when somebody friends me, and I like having friends first thing I do if I don't know who it is is I say, hey, do I know you? Have we met? One of many phrases I pull out of my brain to ask this because I'm curious. Do you do that for LinkedIn requests too? Um, if I don't know the person, I usually, yeah, I usually do it. 
Dude, I struggle with LinkedIn because my wife is all, I just hit 500 like today. She hit 500 connections. She's so excited. And I like That's I don't want to connect actually, with someone who I can't remember actually meeting. Yeah. I actually haven't updated my – like my LinkedIn still says I work at Rainbow. That's how <laughs> they go on LinkedIn. Nice. That but, might be why you get headhunters all the time, by the way. Um, yeah, that's probably why. Of course, if they were smart headhunters, they would know that Rainbow doesn't exist. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's, it's an interesting <laughs> filter, actually, because it, I get all the headhunters and none of the ones that are good at their jobs enough to know that that studio has been closed for now about 16 months. Yeah, and even longer by name. Yeah. Right. But anyway, this I just can't fathom why this happens, but I'll get a friend request and then – I'll engage, and then they disappear. And I just want to encourage everybody, if you do happen to send me a friend request, if I ask you who this is, that doesn't mean put your head under the sand and go into yeah. passive chode mode. Just say you're a great a great listener of the show. Um, just, say, just, say, just say who you are, because I don't, I don't know how commonplace... This like non-engaging trading of friendship is, but that is not what I do. Right, you and I, you and I both, and uh, that's why I was saying LinkedIn is troublesome because I'll go speak in an event or something. Yeah. But to I a don't room get it. Hundred people, and I don't know them all. I don't understand why somebody would send me a request and then not be willing to engage. Because right? they they want something very specific out of an online friendship, and that is what? to to gain to with increment you. their counter. No, just am to, I am I just a number to be used for your counter incrementation? No, but they don't want to talk. They just want to play. They want to put you on a leaderboard, see how you do. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to have to engage with me. That's the rule. Okay. So. All right. So, so what do you have up your sleeve for today's episode? Oh boy. Let's see. What should we start with? Well, I suppose we should talk about Terraria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've wanted to hear. Because last week... Yeah, now, this is good because I don't remember what I told you exactly. It just wasn't positive. You basically should. Let me... So let tell, me, tell me and everybody else what I told you. So I'm going to set the stage. I came over here and you said, here, play three games. Yeah, this was last last week. Le- I thought this was just last week. Well, last week, but it was before last week's show, so I'm calling it last last. Okay. Fine. So we didn't end up talking about it. We talked about one of three games, and I don't think Terraria was one of them. So far. You said, sit down and play these three games. And so we played, like, WRC something. I can't even remember what the first game Power was. Power Slide, which maybe maybe not get to. Okay. And Terraria. Yeah. And uh, you pointed out how miserable it was. After I was like, this seems kind of lame. Um, you just dig forever for stuff. And I guess I could have done – just seeing it for three minutes – was enough for me to say I am definitely not interested in playing more of this. And you're telling me, yeah, it's like a it's like a two D Minecraft. Yeah. And I'm thinking, uh, well, then Minecraft probably blows. But I've never played that game, and people seem to love it. And I know that Terraria is doing well because even our people on the Facebooks are telling us that we should be playing it or talking about it at least, not playing it. Um, but oh my God, does it look boring? And you seem to share this to great degrees, this this opinion. But then this week, we're at we're at good old Waffle House, and then you start talking about Terraria. Yeah. So I started to play it for research purposes only. I guess that's a good qualification. Okay. And because I actually, I, I've in fact, I've not played Minecraft. So. That's my background. I mean, I know about crafting systems in games because there's millions of games that have them. So I find myself, once again, at this very uncomfortable point of ambivalence because there's certainly... Like, Terraria has the same kinds of compulsion loops that all the games that have compulsion loops have. But it is also in many ways, and that is satisfying because compulsion loops are almost by definition at least minimally satisfying. Well, unless you're aware of them, then they become far less interesting. Well, that's true. But even if you're aware of them, I found that like my like extreme level of awareness of them um, has not defeated their minimally satisfying nature. Is this going to make us start talking about Real Racing 3 again? No. Okay. But you know what I mean when I use those combinations of words? 
compulsion loop? No, like minimally satisfying. Just, just enough to make you play more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? It's just barely enough to motivate you to play more. So it's not a high level of excitement or interest. It, it isn't really. And and one of the things that – I mean I've – look, this isn't the first time I've been through this shit. I went through this shit with Skyrim. It seems to me like you had a lot more than minimally yeah. interesting activity in Skyrim because well, you sometimes put lots of some, hours into Sometimes that. it's more. I mean I can thank being bedridden for several weeks in surgery – I guess that's true. To, um, yeah, that was kind of still a double-edged sword, actually. To have something to do, but that thing to do became very, well, let's just say it grew long in the tooth. So I've been through this shit before. I've been through this shit with Disgaea before, right? And what all of these games have in common is that they have basically these systems of collecting things. And Terraria, of course of collecting and crafting and accumulating things. And now that I'm going through this process again, right, I have like a slightly different perspective because it's not the first time anymore. It's not the fifth time anymore. It's maybe like the 10th time now. Okay. So here's the thing. Let me just, here's what's upsetting about it. Do a we game want to like talk that. about what the game is so people understand it? Uh, I mean, okay. I said it's like yeah, maybe Minecraft, we should. Well, it's like a 2D platforming Minecraft. It's, but it's so bland. Well, it's I, so incredibly bland. I, well, I don't know what you mean by bland because it's got like the 16-bit style graphics. But yeah. so did like Minecraft 2 just in three dimensions. So so it's it's basically just a bunch of green hills and you have an axe yeah. and you spin the axe around. And they knew that you would be doing this a lot. So you just hold the button and instead of like swinging the axe. Yeah, and you it, mine it, and that's how you get most of the It goes in a stuff. circle. Yeah. It, you get little chips or something. Yeah, you get chips. And like that's it. and you can mine enough so that you fall down. And I was excited to see that water was affected by yeah. gravity. Oh, you know what was funny? That world that we played in the demo. Yeah. Since buying the full version, um, you can choose between a small, medium, or large world. I chose the small world. The small world feels like it's about maybe ten times bigger than that demo world, if not even bigger. I never even saw the extremes of that. Yeah, like the leftmost or rightmost sides or whatever. So um, it's pretty. It's pretty, even small. It's pretty huge. Well, I can just tell you, it's basically like there's some grassy area, there's some rocky area, and there's some water. Yeah. So a lot of and a, you dig. A lot of the game is like that, right? And so, was I going to do the bad points first or the good points? I don't remember. I think I was going to do the bad points first. Okay. So, the thing that's upsetting about this kind of activity is that. It's not and, – and like here's, here's the funny thing is that I, I feel like this aspect is also what makes the game so popular. It's a very undemanding activity. It actually – I feel like I'm wasting time when I do it because there's no reason why it takes a certain speed to dig through stuff with other than – there's just no reason for it, right? Other than the fact that like what they've done is that they've created a progression of items where I can speed up my digging – infinitesimally incrementally right so that by the time if i have the patience to get the ultimate item in the game i can dig very quickly right but they they want me to earn that here's the so the problem is is that that activity is actually not challenging i mean there are some challenging things but in a lot of games just like skyrim just like this game just like this Gaia, the challenge comes from basically like managing your resources and apart from doing like a I would say like a mediocre to low level of like strategy and management beyond that. It's not any more demanding. Right. And so this is upsetting because it takes a long time to get things in the game. Whenever you get like a new item in the game, just like this one, just like any other one that's like it that I mentioned, whenever you get a new item or something that has a new function, that's really motivating because like your sense of what the game is, is expanding and the game you're, you're gaining greater agency in the game. But I feel like what they do in all these games is that they're they're taking the amount of time that it would take to normally uh, reach those points of progression, and they're artificially elongating it by arbitrary amounts. And this is this is very unpleasant because I know that the only reason why like activity X is taking the time it does is because they've designed it so, and I also feel like it's just very obviously way longer. Than and you'll hear the rest of it.
to me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. We are back. Before the break, we were talking about the endless sea of green and blue that is Terraria. And brown. You didn't see too much brown. Oh, I guess. No, but. I mean, I saw some of the cave stuff. Yeah. So, some brown. And you're talking about... A veritable rainbow of colored blocks. So, you're talking about how basically, like... Here's what I got from what you said so far. You can dig and you can dig and you can dig. And then eventually you do whatever you need to do in order to get things to help you dig faster. And this reminds I mean, this type of thing exists in many games where you do something arbitrary and not necessarily entertaining. Right. In order to acquire funds or experience or whatever is necessary to do that same uninteresting thing right. more quickly. We, we call these menial tasks. Yeah. Right. So where's the actual interesting part of the game? So where the does in, it become so the interesting useful? Thing, yeah. So I kind of alluded to it, but I'll spend another minute on it. Is when you actually – when the things that you get, right? So – You've described, like, the minimal, like, compulsion loop, right? I feel like compulsion loops don't really have value. Well, no, because I haven't seen the, compuls- the the part that actually makes me want to play. Well, the minimal compulsion loop is that, like, there's something about it. Like, you get to see new graphics or you get to make a thing that's of a different color than before. Some aspect of... Maybe it's just me, but it does not meet my minimum requirement. I'm- I'm deliberately being very, very, uh, like once again, minimal about this, right? Okay. But it's really what it comes down to. I mean, I, I know for a fact that you have played games where maybe you have not thought it through, but there has been a point in your life, and I think most listeners' lives, where they have been playing a game, and the only reason why they're still playing, or they've played beyond a certain point, was to see something new, which in its Well, most... isn't that the whole reason we play games in the first place? Well, I mean, I can get into that a little bit more, but I want to finish this other point. Uh, But it's, at its very, very most basic level, it's to see a different color that you haven't seen yet. It's like, if you think back to, like, Urban Champion, like, like, first generation NES days, where, for the most part, like, all that changed when you got to a new level was, like, the different color palette, right? You want to see the palette swap? However minimal... I'm trying to recall what Urban Champion was. It was just a street brawler? Yeah. I mean, it was like... I mean, yeah. It was a very rudimentary street brawler. But that palette swap that you experience when you do something in an old game and you get to a new part is actually an element of novelty, however minimal. And sometimes that's actually enough. And what I'm saying is I know I have and I know you have and I know most of the people listening have played a game where maybe they didn't admit it to themselves at that point in time, but that time when they're playing is they're really only playing because they want to see like what new sprite or color is going to come up next. And then once you, see, arcade. once you see that, then you lose. Well, it's hard to be aware of. You have to be very, very hyper aware to be, to actually be aware that that's the reason that's compelling you. Most people actually aren't aware of these kinds of compulsions. Anyway, point is these Compulsive loops become something more than just time wasters when one of several things happen. Like one, you're actually uh, – it's actually a skill activity instead of a menial activity and you're actually gaining skill, which um, none of these games I mentioned do, by the way. Or two, you get some kind of new sort of agency that you couldn't that's not just the same thing but faster. Like I just got a grappling hook. So now I can grapple along ceilings and so on. Um, this is cool, right? Because now I can do something in the game that's categorically different from what I could accomplish before, right? So you either get that through skill or you get that through artificial means by getting a special item, right? Uh, but the funny thing is, is the way that I'm approaching this game now, since I'm acutely aware of time-wasting and I'm acutely upset about how all these games are basically elongating themselves for no reason. It's completely artificial. It's kind of fucked up if you think about it. Because they're taking, you're taking, it's like taking a novel and just adding in filler words for no reason, right? My point is that time is, we have value to time, right? Time is valuable for us. And a lot of times, 
value of games is measured in the time spent playing, which is a horrible measure because you're assuming that the longer you spend playing something, the more valuable it is when it has nothing to do with it one way or another directly. But the ironic thing is that psychologically, the more time you invest in the game, the less you want to – the more compelled you are to stick with it, right? Because also, especially in these kinds of games where I've like accumulated all of this like virtual wealth, well, this is also something psychologically that happens – that he, that makes you want to continue playing, right? Because it's like, well, I've, I I feel like I've invested, I've gotten all these things, and if I stop playing now, it's just as if I don't have any of them. I get the feeling you're not going to tell me what the interesting part of Terraria is. I don't know yet. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how far I'm going to play. Okay. I'm going to play until one of two things happen. One, it becomes obvious to me, because I started like reading the wiki and stuff about it, because... One of the cool things in this game, in this kind, these kinds of games, is exploring the tree of crafting. Like that's actually kind of interesting. But it's only interesting, really, if you if the tree ends at interesting things, like just discerning the tree-like nature specifically of whatever the crafting tree is. Is nothing of value or novelty truly uh, ends up at the end of that tree then you do feel like you've wasted your time, right? You've just carved out a maze in dirt, basically, and the maze didn't go anywhere, right? So things like the grappling hook. So I don't know how much of that there is in Terraria, right? So I'm going to play until, like, either either the game... It, it becomes so obvious to me that I have to, like, invest a huge amount of time just to see the next thing where that time of investment, I know that it's just going to be, like, a time sink, Right? So if if the value of what I know is coming after that time sink is going to be too small, then I'll stop playing. Or if it just gets too unfair, then I'll stop playing. Okay. Or if I feel like I've found all the interesting items that are within my grasp relative to what I just said, then I'll stop playing. So am, am I wrong to think in Minecraft, like, you can build buildings and yeah well this is this is an aspect of the game that i'm not interested in but a lot of people are interested in too and this is i think actually one of the reasons why like minecraft specifically and this game do so well is because people use this game and minecraft as basically a like you can build the world to suit yourself as you wish because you can eventually manipulate every single block in the world in either of these games to into whatever you want so you can model you can make your own world. I mean, this is what people do. I just saw somebody like somebody made like a Zelda map for Terraria. I didn't actually look at the map, so I don't know if it actually resembles Zelda, right? But they're like, here's the map and here's the rules if you're playing Zelda style Terraria. Like you can't you can't cut into the map and so on, right? So yeah, I mean, you could you could make like other games in this game. You could make other games as maps in this game if you wanted. And that ironically, I think takes the most time of all. Not just that, but Basically, customizing the world to suit your vanity. Um, a lot of people do this, and I feel like a lot of people get a lot of satisfaction out of it. But I feel like a lot of that satisfaction is, well, either fleeting or misplaced. Because, I mean, if you're not experienced with games, I can I can imagine that this like that's this kind of process could actually be kind of like a pretty cool learning experience. But if you've done it before and you're not really learning or getting better at a skill by doing it, um, then I feel like it's a huge waste of time. But still, people are compelled to – I guess they're making art in this game. And it's a very, very easy way to make art because you're basically manipulating at the pixel level. So you can make like your own town of buildings if you want. I was looking at some other guy's map he put on – he made all these like st- elaborate statues out of these expensive materials and all these things. And he made like this ridiculous fortress all the way at the bottom of the world. Um, and these things take a lot of time. And I mean, people seem to be very satisfied by it, right? It's funny because this is not a – that is a one of the things that is a valid reason for playing games that is not a skill reason to play games, right? It's the activity of creativity, I mean, hey, you know what? If that pleases you and you feel like you're getting something out of it, um, so be it, I guess. But I can't – I just – I could not sit down. 
like me like me especially knowing that it's like a virtual world like i like i don't understand why i would sit down and spend countless hours making a, a virtual world to suit my whimsy you know yeah. because i know at the end what am i going to do with it you turn it off you could turn it off which is the equivalent of kicking down the sandcastle yeah, it, it's interesting how much people are willing to spend, how much time, I mean. But, in, like, I can see people in Second Life or, you know, even, heck, in Halo, right, where you build your own levels. Like, there's there's a certain amount, I think, that, that you could pull from it. And I look at Terraria, and it looks so basic. And I, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that I really didn't put a lot of time into the Well, game. you just, I mean, I think that you're just reeling at the 16-bittiness of the graphics. Um, no, well, it's not just that. It's it's the limit of the world, right? And I just felt like I was on this endless random loop as I as I walked to the right. And there's like, well, there could there is, be water. I have to say, like, there is a lot of variety. Like, you didn't see the relationships between, like, different materials. Like, there's a lot of um, – there are actually a lot of processes that are happening at the same time on their own. Like, things will grow and things will – and they have – you know, you can – you can like you can chop down trees to collect wood, but wood is limited. So if you chop down all the trees, there'll be no wood. But then trees drop acorns, so you can plant an acorn that will draw, grow a tree eventually. And there's a whole bunch of really interesting interrelationships between the items in that game in that way, right? But I think my my biggest criticism of all, and it's my same criticism that I'll level toward any game that takes an inordinate amount of time, is the stuff that they have in there. Like those things have value. They're cool. They're good. But I don't understand why. Like, why they stretch it out so far. You know? It's like we're, it's like you're, they're diluting the product so it takes longer for you to get new things. Oh, by making it hard to get a better axe and all that? Yeah, but they don't make it hard, see? They just make it take longer by making things slower and adding, right? So they use space and time to stretch things out. And it's like watering down your beer is what it's doing. But people see it as a positive. That's the irony. A lot of people still see it as a positive, but it's totally not. Well, I mean, I wonder how much play you're going to get out of it if you if you treat things differently. Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Right? We need to stop thinking about play as the time taken as its intrinsic value and the actual value you get out of it as the intrinsic value. Harder to quantify. True. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. All right, so before we move on, have you gotten anything interesting out of Terraria yet? I got the grappling. You got the grappling. There's like there's like a couple things I want to do in the game. Uh, so it's funny, right? Because since they've stretched out all these things so much, I don't we, want to waste. We've only my stretched time. out the acquisition of materials, but you haven't talked about the creation of things. Well, every single thing, everything that can be stretched out is basically stretched out, right? They stretch out by insane amount of space in the world that you have to dig through. They stretch out by um, the amount of materials it takes to craft an item they stretch out by i mean all those different ways okay 
But here's the thing is that – so I'm going to – so my like my maybe 20-year-old ago self would – and maybe even 10-year-old ago self possibly would want to simply just explore the space of the game without any external influence, right? But now that I know that they're leveling this retarded trick of stretching out the game that I don't want to be a party to, instead I'll read about the game, right? I'll just read the wiki. I'm like, well, what do I really want to get out of this game? I want to, I'm curious. I want to see how this item works. I want to see this in the game, and I want to see that other thing, right? So I'm going to work towards specific goals, and I'm going to find out how, what is required for me to get those things. And if it's too much of a pain in the ass, I won't. What's funny here is that you're using this game as an example, something that you want to research for work. You know, and, and the idea is that you might find some ideas that are worth implementing somewhere else or in a way that might be similar. Right. Yet you're extracting no joy from playing this game. So then I would ask, well, then how are you going to successfully migrate things you learn from this game to somewhere else and make them fun if you can't have fun in this game? Well, I, I am extracting some joy, but... Th- See, the joy that I am extracting out of it is because I'm able to actually progress through the game in this focused way I just described. Okay. Right? So I can see – I can actually just work for the things that I want to see. And while I have no joy in the process itself of playing because there's not a lot of technique to the game really, um, there's not a lot – I should qualify that. There's not a lot of like hand-eye coordination technique. You know, it, all it is is like it's mostly just planning your resources and making sure you have enough resources and not running out of resources and those kinds of things, right? Which they're not stupid tasks, but they aren't incredibly challenging. They're not – I wouldn't even describe them as challenging, right? It's just kind of just management, right? So I think that – yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, let's move on. And then I'm going to stop playing. And I will feel less guilty about my life because I knew that I, I just I jumped in, I got what I needed, and then I jumped out. Oh, that sounds like an effective way. Indeed. Yeah. Um, okay. So I got I mean I got a couple of things, but you have something more interesting, a big one. We should let's talk yeah. about this pirate guy. Okay. This this I want, Hopefully we'll have a minute to talk about the Oculus Rift. We totally will. So We've talked about piracy a lot. Yeah, that tends to happen on the show. Yeah. And probably everybody else who has a video game podcast. This isn't actually a pirate guy. What this is is there's a developer um, that goes by the name Greenheart Games. And they make a game on Mac and PC called Game Dev Tycoon. And the developer of this game has done something pretty funny. So he's released a cracked version of his game and is seated. Uh, all of the uh, game pirating torrents everywhere. There's one special thing about this version of the game, though. The cracked version, other than in this aspect, is basically identical. So I told you the game's called Game Dev Tycoon. Yes. So, well, the guy who wrote the game, uh, Greenheart, I'm just going to read you his quote. Here's what happens. If you download the pirate version... Slowly, their in-game funds dwindle, and new games they create in the game have a high chance to be pirated until their virtual game development company goes bankrupt. Wait, let me wrap my my mind around this. So the game itself is all about making games? Yes. So in the game, you are playing a game publisher or developer or whatever. A tycoon. A tycoon. Trying to make a game and sell it. All right, now. If you have the pirated version, then your games are – the games that you make in the game (laughs) are more likely to be pirated. Yeah, and not just a little more likely, a lot more likely. In fact, they're so likely to be pirated that you lose the game and you can't progress because all your funds are being consumed because your game is being pirated too much. So he's he's crippled he's he's functionally crippled the game by just changing that one little stat like one and, variable or something yeah and in such a it's just in such a wonderful way that's hilarious yeah and pirates are so upset. so what's the reaction to this well the They're pirates upset. are upset 
Well, I'm sure what? they'll just pirate the, the real version. It's, I don't want this game, and I can't do anything. I can't make any money. It would have been more interesting if he gave it a little bit of time before it did that. Like a demo's worth of time. You oh, know? yeah. So you get a feel for it, and then it just... Well, he did say slowly the in-game funds dwindle. So okay. it's, it appears, the way at least he's characterizing it, is that it's gradual at first, and then it just kind of compounds over time. That's awesome. It is. That's, yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful thing. It's genius. Thing. Okay, so I said I wanted to mention the Oculus Rift. I, um, I haven't followed this very much, except to see that somehow it has gained a lot of interest in the community. And I don't understand why, because the community is wholly against everything 3D. We've seen 3D come and completely go in the last several years, right? Like after the dawn of the current era of consoles or age, whatever, uh, 3D was introduced. But I'm, I, I think that I get the sense that it's not just the 3D like aspect of it that is what's appealing to people. Well, I thought has, it was the whole peripheral vision thing that people were into. It's, not, it's no extra peripheral vision. It's just screens on your face but it's like the uh the virtual boy how you have one screen per eye so the 3d effect is essentially perfect because you're not getting crosstalk between the eyes you're kidding me no this is uh this is totally different impression i had i thought that the whole point of this thing was that you could get like a wraparound vision kind no of man it on. is a flat screen and that's i mean it also has some tracking like you can get just the screen or you can add on the tracking bits but the head tracking. Standard. Head tracking must be it. That's what must be Except getting this has excited. existed for years. I have one. I mean, I have, like, the visual I.O. system from back in the PlayStation days. Yeah, but it's never been done really quite that good. Well, it's I think, never... I think the promise of this is that they're going to do it right for the first time. But Sony released a device, a 720p yeah. device, last year. Um, I don't think it had head tracking built in, but they could have easily added on to it. Uh, I have no idea why the oculus is is being accepted like it went through kickstarter and people are loving it i think it has bigger screens than your traditional like tiny little sony glasses ones and so it looks a lot more weird to watch someone use it but um somehow it's become accepted and that's weird to me and by the way there's a virtual boy emulator on it which is awesome that sounds radical uh, Maybe it would be even more radical to choose a color other than Danger Zone Red. But Well, that's, of course, what they did. But I guess with the emulator, you could make it whatever you wanted. A nice blue would be, would be beautiful. Uh, blue might be rough, actually. Your, 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 your eyes have trouble distinguishing between blue and black. Really? More so than the other colors, yeah. relatively speaking. Me with red. But anyway. Yeah, red's um, not too good either. I guess, I guess there was this game jam recently in Denmark. And some people put together a game... Uh, called Disunion. And I'm just going to read this whole little joystick article. It's only three paragraphs. So, an Oculus Rift-enabled experiment to come out of the Exile Game Jam in Valakilde, Denmark, puts players on the chopping block of a guillotine in a title dubbed Disunion. Have you heard of this? You know what? I did, and I was just... I was biting my tongue because I didn't want to blow my load before you said so. This... Wait, 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 wait. hilarious to me. I don't understand. Okay, you just said players and guillotine in the same sentence. What I know about these guillotines (laughs) is that you're not, you don't have a lot of agency in that game. You Uh, pretty much just sit there and die. Well, it was a short, short game jam. (laughs) And with the Oculus, it's all about the effect. So it was developed in two days by the Warped and Creative Trio, is according to the article, of... Uh, Erki Trumal, Andre Berlamont, and uh, Morton Bornsberg. You know what? I'll tell you this. That is a wonderful scope for a project of two days. Yeah. Disunion's effect is further amplified by a well-timed strike to the player's neck as the guillotine performs its duty. I don't know what they mean by that. Unless the Oculus also has some sort of force feedback in it that I don't know about. Um, anyway... This is hilarious to me. Uh, I would never have thought, like, have a fully immersive experience and then place you on the guillotine. But I would, like, I'm imagining people play this, especially if they have you lay down to play it, right? Can you imagine, like... Well, I was imagining that when you played this, played that you would be facing up, 
lying on your back. But as we know, all guillotine purists you demand that the head is down. facing downward. But that would be not so good for video games. Yeah, but like I'm just picturing people playing this. I'm, I'm thinking about myself playing it, especially with, with the Oculus. It's closed in, so you have no peripheral vision. Right. You were talking about periphery before. You have the screens in front of you, and it's sort of it's enclosed like a like an old Polaroid camera from the eighteen hundreds, right? Like you're you're only in the game, and uh, imagine the key, and then a second you, later you the, lay down. The game is only in you. Yeah, you lay down ready for the guillotine. Like I would be scared. I would. I, I'm telling you, I would want to take it, like slip my glasses off for a second to make sure they're around me. That could mess me up. Well, if they did their job right, then I think that, uh, you know, any um, participant in this game would get a little, hopefully a big emotional spike with that uh, guillotine. Yeah, I would, I would love to see how, because I'm, I mean, I'm smart enough to not really mess around. And I, okay, I wouldn't have to take the glasses off or the thing, the screen off of my face, but I would have a, fe- I would have this little like twinkling urge in my head to make sure I don't actually have a guillotine on. Because yeah. that's a scary feeling. That's psychology. So I would like, I would like to hear more about this and how it went off, like how people react to really playing this, and because it's genius. Yeah, it's good times. Anyway, end of the show. This is a good way to end the show with a guillotine. As I wish I had a sound effect. That's how we close the show. We'll be back next week, everybody. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.